Well, amen, amen. I am so grateful that you have taken the time of your day to come together, worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ here at New Hanover United Methodist Church. I know that there are other things that you can do, especially on a gorgeous, beautiful morning that, we, that God has provided for us. Again, thank you for joining us here physically and for those who are joining through our podcast. Welcome. If you'd like to take notes, I do encourage you to open up your programs in the right-hand side or fill in the blanks. Answers to those fill-ins will be up on the screen during the message, and we've also allowed some space in between for any other additional notes, including other scripture references that we have, uh, we'll be sharing here today. Now today, we are currently in our sermon series that is titled, Game On, Becoming a Better Teammate. And today's uh, sermon title is, Play to the Whistle. Play to the Whistle. It comes from the idea that when the teams are facing, facing each other on the field, each play that is run ends with the sound of the whistle blown by the referees. Now, until that whistle blows, um, players have to uh, continue moving in, the, in their attempts to score if they're on offense or if, uh, to stop them from scoring if they're on defense. So keep this in mind as we go into today's message when we talk about play to the whistle. Now, if you're able to, please stand in reverence of the reading of God's Word as found in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10. Now, if you have your own Bibles, thank you so much for bringing them, but now keep note that we, the words may be a little different because you may have a different translation. Or for those of you who are joining with the Version app, go to events and select New Hanover UMC for today's scripture references and sermon notes. The Bible says this, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should, do, excuse me, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Let me pause for a word of prayer. God, we come to a moment in our worship service to hear of your word. As we continue on with this series of becoming a better teammate, let us continue to build our spiritual lives to become a stronger body of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, as we hear in these verses, several verses, about four verses that we just read, beginning with verse 7, the Bible is saying of how we're able to make sure that we're not mocking God's justice. The other part says that we will always, we will always harvest what you plant. As I prepared for this sermon, I thought, you know, about the planting process. I found myself searching in the internet for a few articles and I landed in the University of Maryland's website, specifically on the home and garden page. Now they list several steps in the process of planting and uh, I thought about it to share only three with you. The first one is a soil preparation. And the site it says, ideally the soil should be in good condition over as much as the future root zone of the plant as possible. So the soil is so important and the preparation of it is so important so that way when it receives the seed, 
it will have that great soil to then give the opportunity for that seed to grow. The second one is a soil chemistry. The site says to make sure that your soil has the proper pH and no serious nutrient deficiencies. So the soil and the chemistry that's receiving that, that, that seed is so important. But so important also is the seed that we're trying to plant. So if you are planting the seed of bitterness, that's what you're going to harvest. Remember, the Bible is saying that you will harvest what you plant. So if you are preparing to plant the seed of bitterness, that's what you're going to harvest. If you're planting the seed of hatred, that's what you're going to harvest. If you're planting the seed of racism, that's what you're going to harvest. But on the other side also, if you plant the seed of love, that's what you, uh, our prayer is that it's going to harvest love. The same with peace and joy. What kind of seed are we planting? And then the third part that uh, they shared is the soil structure. So it says to make sure that the soil structure is not compact. Make sure, ladies and gentlemen, as we prepare the process of planting, it's making sure that we do take the time to prepare that soil. That it's not compacted. It allows for an opportunity for the seed to be received and then covered. And therefore, when it gets watered, gives an opportunity to grow. And I love that the site says this, correct any problems prior to planting. Correct any problems prior to planting. So the first point I want to share with you today is that we need to take time to practice the process of planting. Now taking the time to practice the process of planting, that's almost like a tongue twister, practice the process of planting, right? <laughs> doesn't only apply to farmers. For the sake of this Game On series, when it comes to the athletes on the field, they take time to practice the process. The process of preparation. You see, they take time to prepare physically. They take time to prepare psychologically. They take time to make sure they understand their strengths. They take time to understand the strengths and weaknesses of their upcoming opponents. If they don't, many of you have witnessed, it will show up on the field. Now, Don Hudson, Green Bay Packers, who played in 1935 to 45, was quoted, for every pass I caught in a game, I caught a thousand in practice. That quote reminded me of what we do to prepare for our weekly worship services. You all know that we have the five o'clock on Saturday, then we have eight o'clock, nine o'clock, which you're here, and then 10.30 services four services in a weekend so we prepare we plant the process of practicing the planting and we do so by having worship planning where we still make sure that the song selections are right making sure that when we print out the music that every uh, musician has the right key that they're going to be playing it in that the band members selection of the band members and the vocalists a process of planting and preparation when we coordinate volunteers, such as the greeters and the program distributors, from those in the welcome desk, to those who are ushers, the lay pastors and Stephen ministers, preparing, that's the process of planting. The choir, what I've been told that we started this past Thursday, as they prepare to practice in the services, you know, as the upcoming services, they'll participate, and also during Advent. The same can be said about the orchestra, where the members are led by the choir, uh, not the choir, the chief conductor. 
come together in various instruments and practice and practice and practice to make sure that everyone plays when they're supposed to play and then make the sound that is called for in their selected piece of music. Sermon prep. We come together in preparation for the sermons and, and what we do is we look at the, uh, the outlines of it, just like the words that are up on the screens and the focus points and what kind of uh, analogies can we utilize and examples so that way we can bring the Bible come to life so that way it becomes practical and related to your everyday lives. But we take about 15 to 20 hours per week and then we condense all that studying and preparation into a sermon that's sometimes 20 to, only 20 to 25 minutes. But the same thing as the players on the field, if they don't prepare the practice of planting, if we as a church don't prepare the process of planting to prepare for our weekly worship services, it's going to show up here up front in the altar area. You're going to know. We serve a God that deserved the best. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. We aren't perfect people. As I shared last week, we're all sinners. We fall short of God's glory, but it is important to present to God our very best. Not for what we have done, but what Christ has done for us, through us, and in us. Practice the process of planting I'm going to give you an example of if you joined a life group, the small groups, you know, that we consider life groups, life planting and the process of it, it may not be easy. I mean, think about it for a moment. You work hard, work hard all day. And as you head home, you, it, it comes to mind of oh, the, the life group meets today. You're tired. You work hard. Do you not go? Or do you go? I encourage you that in the same manner that you ask God for strength and energy to get you through the day, that you ask God for strength and energy to go forward and attend your life group. Because you only get that spiritual nourishment through the sermon about what, 10 to, uh, excuse me, 20 to 25 minutes, probably a weekend basis. The life groups sometimes even goes a little deeper. Gives you an opportunity to ask questions, not like you have the opportunity during the sermons to say, hey, Pastor, what do you mean by that? But the life groups can have an opportunity to answer questions. So why do we do that? Because the same importance that we put in the strength to go to work is just as important that we take mind, put our mindset in our spiritual strength as well. In Matthew 26, Verse 41, the Bible says, Jesus saying here, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is what? Weak. There are times the temptation of giving up. Sometimes the temptation of saying, we're so tired. But I don't know about you. There have been times that I've been very tired and I'm thinking, well, should I go to this or should I go or shouldn't I? But when I go and I give it all of my, all of I can, all of what I can. I've received so much more. It's just like, I'm, not, I'm just receiving. It's the mindset. Making sure that we do not give in to temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Remember that if you come to a point that you're tired, remember to refresh yourself in the power of the Holy Spirit. Whenever we have, when we have Christ, 
we also have God's Holy Spirit. In John 14, verse 26, the Bible says, But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, this is Jesus speaking here, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. Ladies and gentlemen, if we have the Holy Spirit, then it brings us to our second point today, which is that we need to play in the power of the Spirit. On verse 8 of this Galatians 6, it says, Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. Why is it so important to live in the power of the Holy Spirit? In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, but you shall receive power. But you shall receive what? Power. But you shall receive what? Power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, including Gilbertsville and Pensburg and several, many others in our communities and surrounding communities. But be careful. Because some people, yes, this includes Christians, like to have power solely to satisfy their own sinful nature. Our intentions and motives makes a difference in our approach. Are we doing good for recognition? Or are we doing so to be God's witnesses? And let me be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes it feels like the good gets overshadowed by evil. But when that happens, what are we to do? Do we give up? Do we give up being kind? Do we give up showing love and care in the midst of tragedies? There is certainly plenty of evil to go around in this world the evil we have seen or experienced tempts us to surrender our testimony. But if we surrender, if it comes time for us to surrender, let us surrender to God's spirit and learn how to play in God's, in God's power. We can't give up doing good. In fact, verse 9 of this Galatians scripture, it says, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we what? Hallelujah. Sometimes it feels like the good, you know, we're trying and we're trying and we're trying, and it seems like there's no breakthrough, and it seems like there's no harvest. But the Bible is saying us, do not give up on doing good, because at the right time, we will be able to harvest you know, a, a blessing if we don't give up. Again, it's not about us, it's what we're trying to do for God. Brings us to our third point, it says we need to prepare to play tirelessly to reap a harvest of blessings. Former New York Jets quarterback uh, Joe Namath was quoted saying, if you're not willing to go all the way, why go at all? 
Former Chicago Bears head coach uh, George Hallis was quoted, nobody who ever gave his best ever regretted it. You know, those quotes reminded me as I prepared for this message, reminded me of the process as we acquired the North Campus. There were times, ladies and gentlemen, you probably weren't aware of this, there were times of disappointment. There were times of discouragement as we tried to acquire this building. In my mind, I'm saying this is definitely a great opportunity, not only for our church, but how we're able to impact positively our community. But in the midst of everything else that's going on, what can we do? How can we shine a light in the midst of darkness? How can we let the people know that a Christ is alive and well about what we're doing, not only by what we're saying? A location that we can continue beyond our, this church and this facility, how we're able to reach more people for Christ. To be able to meet them where they are. I recall a time in February of this past year that we had a, a big meeting. And God bless the leadership council and all the leaders that, you know, holding everybody else accountable, making sure that we just don't leap, you know, blindly. And, but there was a time in February, mid-February or so, third week, that we met and I left the meeting so discouraged, disappointed. I'm being honest with you because I'm thinking, you know what, why, why am I putting all this energy and effort into doing something like this. There were times that I worked for seven days straight. I'm not talking about, I'm not boasting about it. I'm just trying to give you an idea of that. I'm just being honest with you. There were seven days a week. I would miss opportunities to be with my children or my wife because I put all my energy in, because I believed in it. Even when others didn't, I believed in it because I wanted to continue to have this vision that a church, that people, when they think negatively about the church, when they think about New Hanover, that that's not the case. That any time that they hear about New Hanover Church, they will be able to say, that's a church that loves God and loves its people. That's what I was pushing for. I wanted me to continue to go forward. But there came a time that I was so discouraged. And out of that meeting, I went home on that 422. And I'm, I'm, I said, God, I am done. I'm done. Why put all this energy and effort when, when it's not even seems like we're, we're, we're going to get it? We went through this whole process in the fall. And we're trying to get it. And all of a sudden, we have to let that due diligence process expire. God, why? Just, I'm putting so much energy. God, I'm done. I don't want to pursue this anymore. I don't want to put other people and waste, waste their time and energy into something that it may not even come to fruition. I probably slept about three hours that night. Because I was thinking about me. And I'm thinking about more of how disappointed it was. And I'm done. But then I came, uh, woke up about three hours later, and it was like the spirit was saying, ha, you think you're done. I'm not. And I said, okay, God, you know, I was asking you know, in the prayer, I was like, okay, if, if we're not done, God, then show me. It's almost like saying, show me what I need to do. I don't want to interfere with what you need to do. It's almost like the spirit was saying, now that you've done your part, and now that you got disappointed, and, and you were discouraged, now watch me. And so as I went out to life groups and we, do it, and we started doing the, the pledges and we started to figure out how we're able to do this and, and do this and, and then do that. And then there was like, my God, they're asking, this is the asking price and, and this is all we can offer. Okay, God, if it's your will, then we've done all we can for right now. 
you know what they were asking. They're asking price, and I share with you, if you weren't here, we were able to close out on August 20th at $825,000 for that whole, almost 10 acres of land. Almost 23,000 square foot building. Full gym, the rooms, upstairs. I mean, what the, the opportunity that we have. And the part was that, okay, God, it's like I, I, let, I, I let go and let God. Then I started realizing, God, look, look what you've done. I'm not taking the credit for it. I'm giving you all honor and glory. And ladies and gentlemen, just because we acquired it, that's only just the beginning. Owning it is just the first step. Now we will work together, and that's what this uh, insert is there for. We will work together to get it up and running. And there will be times that you're working and uh, you're probably feeling tired. And I heard at 8 o'clock this morning that when they were building the chapel on that side, there were people who put in all their effort. And even after working a long days of their own work, they came and, and one, someone said that they were, they were tired. But then they started realizing what they were doing it for. That was years ago. I mean, think about it. 1993 is when the chapel was built. And then 2003 was when this was built. And here we are in 2019. I were able to purchase another building to continue growing and get it ready. And that's what it's about. It is not about us. It's not about the church name. It's about who we are representing. But there will be times that, we'll feel, that we will feel tired. And temptation will try to creep in for us to give up. Let us be reminded of Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Some people will think that that rest part is that they're just going to be relaxing and then God do its own thing. We still have to do our part. And so sometimes it's very important for us to ask God, what do you need us to do? We don't want to overstep our bounds, but the rest part is so that way we can have an opportunity to just rest and then finish out the process. It means to rest in the journey, to regain strength, and then to continue moving on. That same Christ who's, who offers us rest is the same Christ that can give us the strength. In Philippians 4, verse 13, the Bible says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me what? Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, what area of your life have you, have you been working so hard to accomplish but looks like there's no fruition? Take time to evaluate what you're doing and how you're doing it. Make sure that what you're failing at is not because of your wrong motives. Remember, we're not to be satisfying our own sinful nature. When we are getting upset, then take a step back. Take a step back to see if it's because you're working all on your own without God's presence. Then take a deep breath. In fact, take two if you have to. Regroup. And then do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay focused. Play tirelessly to reap a harvest of blessings. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. Because at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Like I shared in the beginning, similar to the players on the field, keep fighting the good fight. 
remember to play to the whistle. To end this sermon part, let us pray together this, this following prayer. Let's, let's do this together, and we'll close out here. God, I've tried to do life on my own. There were times I failed and could think of times I failed miserably. Thank you because you haven't given up on me. I don't want to give up. Help me to be a strong witness of your love and mercy to those around me in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let them see you in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, part of the next steps, I encourage you to restart every morning. Wake up every day and pray to be filled with the Spirit to help you plant good seeds throughout the day. And I also encourage you, if you haven't done so, go ahead and, and join a life group. You can sign up in the lobby or on the Church Center app. And as always, if you need prayer, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to receive the precious Holy Spirit, to that way you can live in power, to remind you of all that Christ has done, lay pastors and Stephen Minister will be up on the altar area to pray with you and for you. And if you are in no need of prayer today as you head out today, out of these doors, may you work in the power of the Holy Spirit. Not for our own selves, but what Christ has done for us. That way, anything we do points back to Christ. And people will come to know Christ because not only by what you say, but what, by what you do. May God's people, may, may God bless all of you. And God's people will all say, Amen. Amen. Please stand for the closing song.